turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Some chase after fame, others after the almighty dollar. What is it you chase after as a believer in Christ? Ah, the almighty chase, right? We're all chasing after something, but today we want to encourage you to chase after that which truly matters. If you'll join us, we're in Psalm 27 as we take a look at a message that Pastor Napoleon has simply entitled, The Chase, as we have our hearts set on and desire to chase after God. Join us for a very encouraging look at what our lives should look like as believers in Christ. From the well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California. Let's catch up with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman here in Psalm 27 on today's program. You know, God is, is a being that wants to be sought after. He wants us to seek him and find him when we search for him with all of our hearts. That it's a pursuit. And God's looking for us to, to choose him to put him at the forefront of our thoughts and, 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 have, and allow him to have the preeminence in our lives. And whether you're male or female, there's something about, if, you're, if you and I are going to go deeper, there's something about understanding the value of really pursuing God. Like, I really want to know God. And, 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 not, and I talked about this last week, not just his works, but, you know, you know what is he like? This is, this is what our pursuit should be, that we truly do fall in love with God in the fullness of his essence and who he really is, not who the world tries to define him to be, but through the scripture, we allow God to reveal himself and he shows us what his character is all about. And we learn to fall in love with God, that that, that becomes our pursuit in, life, pursuit in life, that I might know him. And the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, that I would understand it, that I would know him. And that's what we should be here for. It's not just, you know, we, we don't want, uh, and you hear me say this all the time, we don't, we're not entertainers here. Amen. We're pursuers. We're pursuers of God. And our job is to constantly put Jesus first, that he may increase in your life. We may decrease, and that at the end of the day, you've fallen in love with Jesus. You've got a glimpse of the Father, and you've allowed the Holy Spirit just to lead you through this journey. And the Holy Spirit, he reveals the deep things of God, and he gives us a glimpse of his person. God is not dead, y'all. Can I have an amen? He is a very, he wants to be active and alive in your life. He's detoxing you from the world. He's given you his perspective, and now we start to see the world from heaven's view. Why? Because I've got close to the creator, 
And all of us should have this desire in our life to really get to know God. David was somebody who had a passion for God. And I love David. The Bible says he was a man after God's own heart. He was not a perfect man, but he had a heart for God. And when David was confronted with his sin or with his shortcomings, he was quick to acknowledge them. Repent, turn back to God and ask God to help him. He also understood that he had enemies, people that wanted him to fail. And the devil wants you to fail. The devil wants you to forsake God. The devil wants you to turn away from God. He doesn't want you to get close to God. The devil lost his position, so he wants you to lose the position. He lost his place in heaven as a chief worshiper. And so his goal is to get everybody to turn away from God and gravitate towards him. But how many know the devil is a liar? That our love for God compels us to continue to pursue him and get to know him. And, And David was a person who had this heart condition. He understood his enemies But he knew where to find his help and his hope. Psalm 27. Look what it says here in verse 1. He says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? How many have that testimony in your life? It says, when the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, They stumbled and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise against me, in this I will be confident. One thing I have desired of the Lord, and that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in his temple. I love this. To behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. It's amazing. This is intimacy. This is the chase. This is a pursuit that it's not just, this isn't religiosity here, y'all. Can I have an amen, y'all? This is, he's found something that is beautiful about God. He wants to see more of it. He's going to find it in the courts of the Lord, in the house of the Lord. He's not shunning his, the, his uh, responsibility to find God in his temple, in his holy place. And he's willing to pursue him. And he loves not only God, but he loves the place that God dwells. And it's for us, we have to have this same heart condition. He says to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. We come here Sunday mornings. We're coming here Sunday. We come here during the week. Lord, I want to know you. Give me insight into you, into your purpose and your plan for my life. And not only just that, into your person. I want to know more of you. I want to go deeper in my relationship with you. I don't want to just be a Christian. I want to be a Christian that has fallen in love with Christ and is in the pursuit of him every day of my life. I want to get to know God more. Can I have an amen, y'all? He says this. He says in verse 5, For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place of of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. 
Therefore, I will offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle. I will sing, yes, I will sing praise to the Lord. Therefore, I will offer sacrifices of what, y'all? Joy. He says, in his tabernacle. I will sing, yes, I will sing praise to the Lord. We have all kinds of stuff going on. God is fighting for you when you don't even know it. God has your back, even sometimes when you don't feel like it. God has sent his angels to go before you and to prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. God will fight your battles. But sometimes when you're going to battles and you're going through the battle, we come to the house of God and instead of us offering the sacrifice of joy, we come in with a bad attitude. I'm here, Lord. Praise him. Don't you see all this mess that I'm in? But what we don't say is, don't you see all this mess that I'm in that I caused? (laughs) We don't say that. And we come, and, and instead of us coming with joy, the sacrifice of joy, it cost me something. I don't always feel like it, but I'm going to offer my joy to God because God is awesome, powerful, he's mighty, he's spectacular, he delivered me, he's gone before me, he's kept me. And if I would just stop and look back over my life, can I have an amen, y'all? You're going to make, I'm about to do a cartwheel up in here. And, and <laughs> don't do no more cartwheels because I will trip you. God is awesome. And what happens is we come and we're to bring a sacrifice of joy before God and make sure that we sing our praises to God. God needs to hear your voice. And he doesn't need to hear your voice For his sake, he already knows that he's awesome. He needs you to hear, he needs to hear your voice for your sake. Because when you start putting your eyes on God, who is awesome and splendid and magnificent, then what happens is your problems begin to become minuscule. Can I have an amen? And he lifts you high upon the rock when you begin to worship God. Can I have an amen? I want to say this to you men out there. Stop trying to be tough and hard. You're not tough. That's for people that need help. I don't. No. Worship is going to deliver you. It's going to bless God, but it's going to deliver you. And sometimes with men, we have a hard time just lifting our voice and just praising God. God had to teach me to get delivered from that and just let go and let God have his way. And then praise God openly. Can I have an amen? Now I don't care. People can call me a fool, tell me I'm crazy, I'm a religious fanatic. I can care less. I'm free. And I'm going to praise God in the morning, in the noonday. Don't mess with me because I'll stop right now. And Can I have an amen, y'all? I'm not tripping. I'll praise God on you like quick draw McGraw. (laughs) Pow, 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 pow. I'll let go. But this is what happens. God wants us to learn the value of just praising him. (laughs) Y'all don't remember quick draw McGraw. I used to watch it. It Amen. 
<laughs> Look at verse 7. Look, listen to this, saints. He says in verse 7, Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, have mercy also upon me and answer me. Now here's the verse I wanted to get to. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, I will seek. God is saying, seek my face. We want to go deeper. God's saying, seek my face. Don't just seek my hands. Get to know me. Look into my eyes. This is what God is looking for. David, he, he, he captured it. When you said, Lord, seek my face, my, my heart said to you, not just my mind, not just my body, but my heart. My heart said, your face, Lord, I will seek. And this is what God is after. You want to go deeper? Let's seek his face. Let's seek his face as a church. He's going to do great and mighty works. But it takes a commitment to say, God, I'm going to seek your face. I want to join with my brothers and sisters in Christ. And we just want to seek your face because we want to get to know you. We want to go deeper. We want our root system to go deep. We want to see God do something special in terms of revealing himself. Well, that means it takes dedication to seek in his face, not just his hands. A lot of people just want his miracles. We're going to, we're going to see this in a, in a minute. They just want his miracles. They want the signs. But, man, do you know him? When your back's against the wall and you don't know what to do, there's something in you that says, you know God, though. You know God. You know his character. You know his nature. You know the way he thinks. And as a result of that, you take great, you have great peace no matter what goes on because I know God. I know God. Can I have an amen, y'all? Now, there's three hindrances that I want to talk about this morning that, that stop us from obtaining as we choose to pursue God and, and go deeper and get a glimpse of his face and develop in our intimacy. There's three areas that I want to highlight here. Number one, just write down the word distractions. Let's go to Luke chapter 10. Distractions. Luke chapter 10. And we're going to look at verses 38 down to 42. The word distraction it means distraction. It means a thing that prevents someone from giving full attention to something else. A thing that prevents someone from giving full attention to something else. That is a distraction. You're trying to, you're trying to focus on this, but something comes over here that stops you from giving full attention to that which, to which you're trying to, to gain insight into. And so for us, it's important that we understand that there's always going to be distractions when it comes to our, our relationship with God. You can be here on a Sunday morning and really trying to get your relationship with God, develop your intimacy, hear the word of the Lord, come to worship, and the devil, he is the chief distractor. He'll shoot thoughts in your heads and ideas. And he'll, he'll try to block you from really locking in and being focused on what God is trying to say to you or what God's trying to do in your life or your worship. He comes to distract you. But not just the enemy, but just life is full of distractions. Your phone is a big distraction. It can be. It can be. There's so much information that's being pumped at us now. 
And, and so it's easily accessible. So it's easy just to get caught up in what's going on and then lose our focus and we get distracted when we're going through life. And so it's important that we understand that this is something that's going to hinder us from, from getting in this chase and getting to know God the way that we want. Manage your distractions. Understand how to put things on the back burner and how to focus on what is primary in your life. Can I have an amen? It says here, it says here in verse 38, now it happened as they went that he entered a certain house. Jesus entered a certain house and a certain woman named Mark, Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who, was, who, sat, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was what? Distracted. With much serving. Serving isn't bad. But in this moment, she just did not prioritize and choose that which was the most important in that moment. Wasn't bad. And not all distractions are bad. It's just that I have my priorities and this comes first in my life now. And at this moment. But Martha was distracted with much serving and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. But one thing, somebody say one thing. She said, but one thing, he says, but one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. He wasn't condemning her. He was just basically saying, your priorities are wrong. She's got it right. In this moment, I'm the, I'm the most important person in the building. And my, the attention should be, be upon the Lord. But she distracted with the much serving and got consumed with the serving. And she neglected the most important moment in her life to be able to sit here at the seat, at the feet of the master to hear his words and to get to look into his eyes and enjoy him. Because she wanted to make some mashed potatoes. I'm just playing with y'all. But you know what I'm saying, y'all? We, 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 I mean, we, we get so caught up in stuff. He's not condemning her. He's just readjusting her focus. And that's all God wants to do is help us to readjust our focus on the right thing. We got our, our we have such a peripheral vision that we're way out here. And then sometimes you got to just lock in. So that you can get what you want to get in terms of your relationship with God. We have to get out of distraction mode. Can I have an amen? And we have to understand that there's going to be things that prevent us from giving full attention to something else. In this moment as a church, I'm saying, Lord, we want to go deeper with you. Well, we got to, as we come to the house of God, we have to have that mindset. Sunday morning, I'm going to meet with God. I'm going deeper this year. I'm going to have an encounter with the Lord. He's going to reveal himself to me. I could care less what you got on. Now, you look good and everything. Praise the Lord. But I'm trying to look at Jesus today. 
Can I have an amen? And what happens is we, we lock in as a church community, and we lock in just as individuals in our life. There's going to be distractions. This is the number one hindrance to your intimacy with Jesus is getting distracted. Oh, I'll push it off. I'll push it off. Yeah, I know I'm, I know I'm supposed to pray, but I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. And we wait. We wait. We wait. And it's 11. Then it's 12. Then, and then when you do try to go before the Lord, you like this. Okay, Lord, yeah, speak to me in my dreams. <laughs> hey, I've been there. Lord, just hit me in my dreams. I'm there, I'm there. But that's, but that's not what God's looking for. I'm not saying you got to spend five hours a day. I'm not saying you got to spend two hours a day. I'm not saying that you got to spend, you know, two minutes. I'm saying whatever God, when God is saying come up hither, that I'm willing to come, and that could be for five hours. That could be for two hours. That could be for two minutes. It could be for for two days. Whatever it is that God is demanding so that I can seek his face. I'm willing to go that distance with God. Why? Because I want to know him. And so there's no time limit on it. It's what is God demanding for me to go to the next level of my relationship with God. I'm willing to do that because I want to have a relationship with the Lord and get deeper in my relationship. And I don't want any distractions. We got to be able to see things as, man, that's a distraction. It's hard to lose your focus when you're really, really focused and have really prioritized things in your life. It's hard to lose your focus. But if you're, but you're, but, but if you're, but you're not focused, it's easier to get distracted. And so for us, we want to make sure that we don't develop a, a Martha mentality. We want a Mary mentality. She knew how to prioritize in that moment, and she knew how to put God first, and then she can go off and do the other things that, that she needed to do. But this is the priority. Can I have an amen, y'all? Number two, let's go to Luke chapter 12, and we're going to look at verses 13 on down to 21. Number two is the word complacency. So we got distractions. We have complacency. Complacency will hinder your walk with God. This word, it means a feeling of smug or uncritical satisfaction with oneself or one's achievements. A feeling of smug or uncritical satisfaction with oneself or one's achievement. Problem is, people get saved and they get good and saved, and then they think that they don't need to spend time with God anymore. Or they've got they've accomplished so many worldly things that they think that they're just blessed. So what is? I mean, I'm good with God. Look, look what I got. I got all this money, I got this, I got that. I must be doing something right in the sight of God. He must be very happy with me. Look at all this stuff. I'm good. And I still got God. You know, God is still there. A person, they get this smug feeling about themselves. When it comes to satisfaction, they have an ungodly form of satisfaction because of their achievements. And then they get to a place where they feel like they don't have to press into God and seek his face anymore. We all have to be careful of this, the distractions and then the complacency. It says here in verse 13, he says, Then one from the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, Man, 
Who made me a judge or an arbitrator over you? And he said to them, Take heed, beware of covetousness. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of things he possesses. For he spoke a parable to them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentiful. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there I will store all my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then, then whose will those things be which you have provided? So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards who? God. Well, thank you for joining us for Times of Refreshing with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman. This program is the production of the Well Christian Community. And we pray today's broadcast has blessed you and has encouraged you in Christ. If it has, would you take a moment and let us know? There are several ways that you can contact us. First, by mail. The Well Christian Community. Address your envelope to 2333 Neeson Drive. That's here in Livermore. The zip code is 94551. You can also stop by our website, learn more about us, and drop us an email, thewellchurch.net. That's thewellchurch.net. And then, of course, by phone, 925-292-7800. That's 925-292-7800. As you visit our website, don't forget to look for the link to our Facebook page. And if you're on Facebook, simply search The Well Christian Community. You can even follow Pastor Napoleon on Twitter with the address at Napoleon Kaufman, all one word. Until next time, may Jesus Christ be highly exalted in your life and may he bring you a peace that passes all understanding. Mm -hmm.